The Say Something Podcast is brought to you by AmomentWithMorris.com and BlackBlueprints.com. That's BlackBlueprints with a Z.com. I am Jermaine Morris here with the one and only Mr. Barry Axius. Peace and blessings, family. We are bringing you the Say Something Podcast. Say something, say something, say something. That's right. With myself and Barry talking about everything going on in the life and the world on this crazy planet all up in these streets. In these streets. Oh, yeah. Going falsetto. <laughs> Got to flip it up on you, cats. That's man. it. Bringing you episode 41. Come on. I'm waiting I, for oh, it. Oh, I got it. Bringing you that Keith Byers. So now you're going football. We all over the place. We, we, you all over we ain't pigeonhole. We ain't pigeonhole. Did the Yankees play today? Yes, they did. And they won. So they won, they won the so, wild card. So they're now 13-2 and two against the Minnesota Twins all time. Something like that. I'm not sure. You know, but, it was 12-2. and two, Now they're 13 They didn't took taking that, uh, taking that wild card. Uh, we showing love to, uh, you remember Keith Byers? Yeah, Keith Byers from uh, Philadelphia Eagles. That's right. When I used to watch football heavy like that. If you don't know about Keith Byers, this was an unsung hero. And he played on that 92 squad with Randall Cunningham, Herschel Walker, uh, Heath Sherman, Reggie White, uh, Mike Golick, Seth Joyner, Eric (laughs) Allen, was it Calvin Williams, Fred Barnett? Did you a Philadelphia? Uh, that 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 because n- I'm a Chicago Bears fan, and prior to Randall Cunningham, uh, Jim McMahon was the quarterback. Great team that never won a Super Bowl. You know it happens. <laughs> I I got on board with Philly when like Jim Jim McMahon was a quarterback, and then I was so I kind of paid attention to him okay. since he came out of Chicago, and then. Uh, a lot of those place, pieces were in place defensively, Reggie White and some of those guys. And then when they made the shift over, and uh, Keith Byers was a fullback slash tight end. Like, he could block and catch like a tight end, and he had feet like a running back. He was like 6'1", 240. Quick wow. feet, big blocking body. And, but they, when they added uh, he, Herschel, when they brought Herschel Walker over, um, and Randall. And just that squad. So, I mean, I was always a Bears fan first, but uh, giving his, his props. Give a little props wherever you at in the world out there. Give a little, little props a little yeah. one, time to, one time to Keith Byers. Keith Byers. That's a, real, yeah. <laughs> That's a blast from the past for real. Yeah. You know, we got some of these numbers that are obvious, but sometimes we got to go to the unsung heroes. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I can't wait. The folks that don't get necessarily get a lot of shine. Uh, a particular group that was getting some shine that I wanted to uh, uh, address first before we we don't get kind of deep today. You know, a lot of stuff going on and we always deep in these crazy streets. But well, yeah, but the, the start off is not so deep. That's what I said. So to say, we gonna get deeper. Uh, the, about this past weekend, about uh, the slut walk. You familiar with that? The Amber Rose yeah, slut walk. But there's a reason why I'm bringing it up. If you're not familiar, Amber Rose. Uh, Wiz Khalifa's baby mama, Kanye's ex, uh, probably a host of other miscellaneous yeah. rappers, one night stands. The 21 Savages chick now, right? Yes. So she, oh, this was her third annual slut walk. And the premise, it comes from a, a, an event that took place in Canada is where it started, mm-hmm. where it's women who feel, in their opinion, empowered to say that uh, slut shaming is wrong. That a woman shouldn't be judged by uh, her sexual activities, by the clothes she wears or, or 
how she carries herself that way. Yeah. Like she should be able to sleep with whoever she wants, whatever she wants, however she wants if she's a grown ass woman. And so the slut walk is a bunch of women who all come out in March and kind of just say, hey, you know, uh, what I do behind closed doors is my business. How I dress is my business. I'm not going to take these labels that, you know, the male society tries to put on women, whatever. And why I thought that this was uh, significant. Two things. One, it's, it's a damn shame what she did to 21 Savage. What she doing? I don't know if you have you seen the boy lately. Uh, I don't pay attention to these. And now, I mean, he's just these silly ass them. Negroes. But, but he, he, I mean, there was a picture of him where he's sitting next to her, and she's holding a sign that says uh, "Captain Savaho is what Amber Rose is holding. Got Twenty One Savage holding a sign that says "I'm a ho too." Wow. And she's sitting next to him, and if it wasn't a scene from Get Out, mm. like he looked like he was in that sunken place for real. Wow. But what I was looking at is, is as so there's this, it's always this statement that there's a double standard, that a man can go out and sleep with whoever he wants to. True. And that if a woman goes out and does a third of the activity that he does, she's a slut, she's a hoe, she, she's all these, these negative derogatory things. Yeah. So now, is that double standard that's used socially slash borderline oppression, <laughs> is that in women's best interest? Like, do we shame quote unquote shame women for what they do for to save them from themselves. Like if you I'm I'm gonna ridicule you for behaving a certain way so you don't do it, so your reputation doesn't get ruined, so your name in the streets isn't horrible, not only for you, but for whatever man that ends up with you. You know what I mean? So we are gonna start our show There's a reason why. So yes. With Amber fucking Rose. Yes. Because it, it's 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 relevant. I I can't wait to see the relevance in it. Yeah. Now, you're asking me the double standards. Yeah, the double standard that in this society that men place on women, like you ain't supposed to move like we move. Don't do what we do. Well, those standards. You know what I mean? I feel like that whole piece goes into a situation that. And I've asked several different women. Women, there have been a lot of women who've been bisexual that they flirt around with that. After they're done experimenting, flirting around with it, they go back to heterosexual being with the opposite sex and they leave that whole situation to the background and here they are. Women that love men again when they just were kissing and going down on another woman now if a man does that they're going to always be gay forever gay forever and a dick sucker yeah so since we can't you know and though men have done it and you know a few have been accepted i think more of a celebrity status not just a regular joe negro yeah uh i think that because that standard is if i did that I would never be able to hear the end of that. And I would always be looked at as that guy that was giving head. Right. Yeah. yeah. When it comes to that women and the whole slut shaming thing, like you don't want your woman to be a hoe. And if she was, you don't want to know about it. So I don't think that, um, you know, women, I guess they want to go back and forth about, Hey, with men can be sexual, like this and have multiple partners we could do it it's really not going to work like that it's just it's just like 
it can't work for us as men to go in there and I'm gay and tomorrow I'm back to you know dealing with women. Yeah. That same piece just it will never be something no matter how many slut walks or how many uh, times women try to pretend they can do certain things like men. I I think in our society we as men and and even women will always look at it like ah, I I rather have my freaky deaky woman a freak behind closed door than spreading it around or knowing what my woman used to do in the past is something that I don't really need to know too much. Okay. So with that, so removing it from being your individual woman, cause nobody, nobody, if you, no woman wants her dude to have been with every, every woman she knows any more than a man wants his woman to have been with everybody. So if it's not your particular woman, cause what I look at is, is that I hear a lot of times the, the standard that is put on women is like I said it's for it's for your own good. Like you don't want to be out here and get this kind of reputation cuz the way men see women with those reputations, you don't want to be that girl. Yeah. So we we going to treat you differently if you kind of get out of character to stop you from doing it. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, uh are we okay with doing that across the board that mentality? Because what I'm looking at is, is where I was going, why I say it's relevant is because I think as a society, as more specifically men, and there's a percentage of women that are on board, we're okay with doing it that way. Like the whole reason why there's a slut walk is because there's a lot of women who are trying to fight these social norms that tell women how they're supposed to behave. But the, the old way of looking at women is, no, you're not supposed to be, you're supposed to be, you know, lady in the streets, you know, freaking the sheets. You ain't supposed to be walking up and down the street dressed any old kind of way, showing off all your stuff to every stranger, letting everybody know what that mouth do. So we're going to put these social restraints and this social shaming on you so you kind of walk the straight and narrow so you can find a better man or a better man will take you seriously and you can get married and have a family and have a better life. Yeah. Like we're going to put these degrees of, of uh, boundaries on you. We're going to save you from yourself. That's a... a a thought process that we seem to embrace in that respect. Would you agree? I mean, to be honest with you, I look at it like no matter what type of spin that you're going to put on it, personally, you can't promote something that is just negative and create it into something positive just because men have their way. It's just a simple, basic bottom line i don't know how to spin it any other way we can't come back from being gay being straight and a lot of this slut walk this is my right to do whatever you want to it's your right yeah it's your right but you're still going to be a slut you're still going to be considered a hoe so that's it i mean i don't (laughs) i mean honestly I, i i think it's it's hilarious to me even even women that start trying to and it's and it's every woman uh, doing these these d challenges i was just talking to a person and asking me what do you think about it i said i don't think about it i don't care about it i don't certain things i don't even pay attention to because it just doesn't first of all it doesn't make sense it's a joke it's a way to grab attention and whatever amber does to keep the lights this little small spotlight that she has it's slowly uh uh falling to nightfall she will do and this is what she has to do 
to keep it going, keep it pumping. I don't really believe it's some movement that she's really trying to get people to participate and take seriously. I just think that it's another angle for her to draw her celebrity web. I think it's a joke. All, all the whole shit. Okay. I don't even... A woman knows how we, as men... That's just society. Yeah. You can have your moments, because we all have, but to promote it, to um, think that you're going to be treated like some of these women that you may see on TV a little bit different. A lot of these women, you got to remember, they can have multiple men, multiple uh, uh, um, situations going on because a lot of these people are well off. They're rich. You know what I mean? You can have the uh, Kardashians date whoever the hell they want to date over and over and over again. And people will still look at them and like, yeah, they're this, but then they're rich. I mean, the average woman, you know, no one's going to want to have her. No one's going to want to touch her. You uh, Okay, let's look at this. If would you date a woman and I had a woman that I dated that told me I was number 48 and this was when I was like 19 or 20 years old. Oh, yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. No, no. I, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm cool. Yeah. I'm no, cool. I'm still hit, but I'm just saying. I, I don't know when. I I think she said it after when we was in the shower. Yeah, and you know I, mean? it, it, I, I think that would mess with my head. Yeah, and, it, I mean, and she's I, I and not even like on an insecurity level of nah. comparing to other men. Yeah. Well, well, no, I say that because there's some women who think that that men are intimidated by their number because they think of oh you can compare it to all these other men. Nah, just in their head, kind of you just think that's nasty. Yeah, I mean, what am I gonna do with her? You're gonna have fun, but after that, you know, not. Uh, Contrary to what women always think, that we just want to just, you know, fucking get up. That's not really the the, the particular session on a lot of us. No, we'll settle for that, you know, if we have but, to. But that's not. But that's, <laughs> that's not, not always the like the play. But yeah, yeah. when someone tells you forty eight, you could have been all in. Said. Like, yo, this is my could be the one, and she tells you that shit. You're like, well, I'm gonna have my fun. Yeah, and I'm done. you'll be like, yeah. What can you compete with? Forty eight, nineteen mm. to twenty years old, yo. So, 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 think about it now. Like what number she could be on. Okay, well, so I used to always call it uh, hoe economics. Hoe economics. Hoe economics. Shout out to my late great uncle James because I got the whole economics. I want to hear this. So his thing was this was the definitive way if you are a hoe or not. Like, because there's always the question: what's the number? What's what's too many? What's what's all that? And my late great uncle James Hannah is is uh, his definitive math was uh, dicks over birthdays. So if your number of sexual partners exceeds your numbers of years on this planet. So if you're 20 and you've been with more than 20 people, you a hoe. Definitively. (laughs) Like we're not even great. It don't matter how close they were together. It doesn't matter if it was in the same town, if you was on vacation. Because the average person loses their virginity at about 16. Yeah. Which means you have a 16 number curve before you can get to a one to one ratio. Mm -hmm. That means if you're 20 and you've been with 20 people, on average, that's about four or five years that you were doing like five people per year. Man. That's some that's like somebody every six weeks. Man. Like for you to get to that curve. Yeah. By all intents and purposes, that's a hoe. So if somebody's 35 and they've been with over 35 people, mm. you a hoe. You can slice that up any way you want to. There's some people who have to sit the bench for a few years and have a few birthdays just, just to get square with the house. For real. Just, just to get their numbers right. Straight up. 
But the, the reason why I asked and why I, w- I was looking at that is because I kept hearing the, the, the narrative that not necessarily Amber Rose. Like I said, this thing didn't start with her. She's just the most famous face attached to it. And she's campaigning for it in America. Okay. Like I said, but it started in Toronto and they have them uh, globally. It's not just here in L.A. where they do these. And so the the narrative was always was set that, like I said, that that men were dictating women's behavior <laughs> because it's in a woman's best interest. Mm. Like there's a double standard that favors women. If you go across the board, it's why if a man and a woman are upstairs and they hear breaking glass downstairs, she's the one in the closet calling 911. He's going downstairs to investigate the sound. Yeah. You know, when you walk on the side of the road, he's supposed to walk closest to traffic. So if anybody gets hit, it's him. Mm-hmm. You know, the two of you are walking hand in hand. And all of a sudden you see a, a, a pit bull turn the corner and it's foaming at the mouth. He's to put her behind him. And if anyone's getting bit first, it's him. Mm-hmm. That's all part of the double standard. There's no reason why he should get bit before her. Yeah. There's no reason why he deserves to get hit by a car instead of her. Not or that she's not very well capable of going down to see what that noise was. But all these things are incorporated into the double standard of, of male and female behavior. Well, what I was looking at is, is that, OK, we have all these narratives and in, in, in degrees. I mean, there, it's borderline oppression of when you start talking to dictate somebody's behavior and, and try to shame them into being a certain way. Yeah. That if we're saying that we're OK with that as a whole, because as a society, for the most part, we are as doing that for, in somebody's best interest. How far are we willing to carry that? Because where we're at now, it leads me into the, the tragedy we had in Las Vegas and why this is relevant and they tie together. They, they do. Follow, follow with me. <laughs> My so guy, so I, if you sh- would have told me that you was going to go from Amber Rose slut walk to Las Vegas shooting, I would have probably told you, man, I think you should do the show by yourself. <laughs> no, no, because, no but, but, but the principle, and this is why I'm asked. This is the question I asked. So I hope I hope people are really tuned in and locked in and understand where my crazy you, friend Jermaine is taking. You will us. hear where I'm, where I'm going with this, uh, please, and, it, and it will be clearer than it sounds. Now, please, I, I need y'all to really, really focus. My brother's gonna really break it down because I would have never, okay. even if it clearly made sense. From Jump slug from walk to uh, shooting, and I and people thought that I was insensitive and crazy for some of my things I said about the shooting. Know. But go ahead, do you? So, I'm, I'm waiting. So it, I the, trust you, and my this, brother. And this to jump off is not even at this stage, not even going deep into the details of the shoot. You said deep. You no, said no, deep, no, 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 no. I said details of the shooting. Okay, but you said deep yes, earlier. We still going deep. Okay. We still going deep. Don't worry, I got you. <laughs> you got me. You got I, I, I got these folks that's listening. I got about to tune us out. No, no, no. This no, shit. No, no. We ain't gonna set it up like that. If if we're okay with the idea of dictating a certain degree of behavior or stopping a certain behavior because the mentality is it's to save that person from themselves, I'm going to stop you from doing this because it is in your best interest. Do we carry that? Are we okay with accepting that when it pertains to safety? Because after you have the shooting that was in Las Vegas, as well as the dozens of other shootings that have happened over the last, we'll call it decade, mass shootings across the United States of America, where uh, the, the Orlando nightclub shooting, you know, you, you get uh, the, the one at, at Colleen, the one at Fort Hood, 
you go across the board, multiple shootings across America. The, uh, Charlotte, uh, South Carolina, South Carolina, South Charlotte. Carolina. You can go to the the Batman movie theater shooting oh, that, in Colorado. Colorado. You can, I mean, you we we've got at this stage we've got more than enough Sandy points Hook. to reference. All this stuff, we got more than enough points of reference to go for mass shootings in the United States. Are we okay with our behavior being curbed in our own best interest? So if all of a sudden policy gets put down to limit your gun purchases, policy comes in to start give up some of your some more of your civil liberties, give up some more of what you are accustomed to, give up some of the things that you are used to doing in your own best interest. Are, are we OK on that same narrative? Because there's a lot of things. Because the first thing, whenever there's a tragedy, this is the, the way that America works. Is it's a principle it's called fear safe. It's what it's the basis for advertising. It's what moves the market. Yeah. Fear safe. You create the fear, and then you come with the solution. That's why if you watch a a, a commercial for carpet, oh man, I spilled juice on the carpet. What am I gonna do? Oh, we use this handy handy carpet cleaner. It gets the stain right out. We create the fear, then we create the safe. No. So whenever there's a tragedy. There's the fear. So now if policy change is the safe, if we're okay with dictating people's behavior socially, are we okay with behavior being dictated politically? Uncle Sam wants to come through and tell you how to live in your best interest. We want to start removing this here. We want to start doing that there because we've proven in your neighborhood these problems keep occurring. So to save you from yourself, we're going to start removing this stuff here. Well, that's the American way. I mean, the American way has always been that. A terrorize, creating terrorists, then at the same time, initiating a plan to solve the problems that a lot of it has been created by those who want to now change the narrative. So when you look at 9-11, I mean, that's a perfect example how everything changed from that. Um, 9-11 created so much fear and ultimately had us not even paying attention to the uh, narrative that was being created about the election and how we talk about the Donald Trump and the the Russian uh, conspiracy with the election in 2016 our reality is we was dealing with that in 2000 we with, shifted with right out of that with with the Florida hanging chair yeah, situation. Yeah, the whole ad, the, you know, the, where the you know the ballots, with you know, his Bush's brother being the Florida. I don't know if he was the Florida yeah, governor, Florida governor, or mayor. Yeah, it was the governor, right? Yeah, and that came to bite him in the ass for the presidency because it was like, no, we're not going to have that again. But ultimately, going to war, having nine eleven, it changed everything. It changed so many different policies where now legally. The, the the feds could go tap in. So it was like there was already tapped in programming and, and and doing what they was doing on our phones. Now it's like, no, 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 you got the permission. So yeah. it was just all these different things. You know, you could not go in an airport without being strip searched. And then that fact is where now we can't bring in water. So we get taxed with water and other things at a, an alarming rate that, you know, a dollar water on the outside comes in to be five six dollars, five dollars <laughs> the in the airport, right? So the reality that you're setting up, I really still wouldn't, you know, collected the and connected the, the amber roasting. But what you're making is a great point. 
at the end of the day, the unfortunate thing, what's going to come out of this is going to be some real rule changing yeah. that's going to affect a lot of Americans. And right now, they don't understand how and what because everybody's in this fear. Everybody's in this emotion. We're not thinking straight. Well, some of us aren't. And they just want something to, quote, unquote, stop the bleeding. Yeah. But understand the only way this bleeding stops is capitalism stops if, if white supremacy stops because there's a chain reaction to all this there's a reason why people first of all these these folks who are doing any of these things are mentally ill not giving them the excuse but they're mentally ill yeah. so there's no treatment and and when you look at overall the way the system works it will push anyone over the edge right white black latino indian whoever yeah. it will push you over the edge because there's so much propaganda there's so much lie there's lies on top of lies on top of lies you don't really know the truth and with you knowing that if my life ain't shit and i want to make a statement i could do something like that for one time or maybe a week or whatever a month i'll be talked about forever i'm gonna do something but in this shooting with all the things that are going to change from this, it's unfortunate that we don't look at the bigger scope and challenge and say, uh-uh-uh, yeah, that happened, but that was isolated, right? That's an yeah. isolated thing. We don't need to all have to pay the piper for that shit. Yeah, because so something that's important tying that into 9-11. So they have all these different changes for, for uh, airport security and flying on airlines changed after that, after the, the, the issue of 9-11. But the, the people who were involved in the, on the terrorist side of the game, uh, they didn't break any laws. Everything, the box cutters, all that stuff was legal at the time. So they, they, that's why they were like, well, how come people didn't notice this or notice that? Because they worked within this current system. As to now, the shooter that was in Las Vegas, all the ammunition they found, all the firearms, all the modified guns, all that stuff... Uh, he purchased all of the, everything was registered and purchased legally. <laughs> like th this isn't like a kid across the border and got a bunch of unmarked, you know, serial number filed off, you know, miscellaneous guns and, and, and everything was registered. They said that he passed uh, the uh, background check like 60 something times to purchase all these firearms. Like he passed it, cleared it every single time. And the laws there in Nevada is if you purchase two firearms within a five-day time period, you get flagged by the ATF. You want so, to flag? No. Well, here's the, here's the other side of that law. You, if you purchase two, two handguns, you hit it. But there's no um, flagging for rifles or shotguns. So you could purchase 20 assault rifles and there's no flag. You purchase two pistols and they flag you to the ATF. So all the, the, the ammunition he was finding... There was, uh, was it 20 some odd, 23 weapons in his room. They found another 19 at his house. All the, the, all the rounds, all that stuff were all purchased legally within the system. So it's not a question of somebody doing something illegal, doing something illegal or shady. So now you have to look at, okay, we gave you the, these, these privileges. Because a lot of stuff we confuse rights with privileges and civil liberties. We, we, we allowed you to do this. And you still fucked us over. And so you screwed us. By staying within the lines. Yeah. So when we trust you to stay within the lines, you're able to do this, that, and the third. So either we need to change the lines, because for some of you that can't be trusted, who won't, who, who won't act right, but the premise we're going to use is to save all the other people for the people that, that are, are acting shady in the line. 
So when stuff, when policy comes down and, and they want to make changes in, in neighborhoods and say if it's not even on that, that grand a scale as, as the Las Vegas shooting, when you have crime in your neighborhood and they want to mil- do the militarization of the local police department in your area oh, yeah. and, and come through like SWAT to, to do a warrant for uh, parking tickets. You know what I'm saying? Like when they want to come down heavy and really start proving points and really start sending messages and really start doing stuff, then what? I think it's about to get it's about to get crazy, man. It's it's gonna get to the point where we're gonna literally have to walk into places that we never had to worry about. Being searched, having metal detectors, right, in grocery stores. Right? Yeah. You have a, a metal detector in a grocery store, you know, um, the hospital, grocery. It's, it's just, it just, I think the way I see it right now, the effect of what this was in Vegas is truly going to take away those who are not even involved. We're going to get paid with the, the bigger price, especially black folk. I, I look at it. This is this is not going to be good for us because most of the most white folks probably already got the, the weapons they need. Right. We got to get our shit on the streets. You know, now there's going to be more of a, of a strenuous process to get these kind of firearms. Right. Yeah. Now we're going to have to go to more of the black market because we can't get it uh, the proper way. Because, as you said, the man went through every. And the funny thing about it is how they're reporting that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, okay. He was a nice guy. He enjoyed fishing and long, and, long and, walks but, but in the park. all going to break down <laughs> all of how he got weapons. That, to me, is odd. Like, wow, that's interesting. Now you're talking about, well, he did everything right to get the guns. Hmm. What is it? Why does that even matter in the story? Yeah. It just should be focused on what right he did now, with the them. victims and what he did with them, right? No. But they're going and speaking on that. So, in that sense, that, that you know something's about to happen. You've dotted the I's and crossed the T's on this man's history. You've, you've, you've broken down how he got the weapons so someone is listening and they're going to go to their soapbox and say, this is why we have to have tougher regulations on A, B, and C. And I'm glad you said that because we actually had a conversation a few weeks back. We yeah, were, about the guns, about yeah, the bullets. Yes. And so for some people who don't know, depending upon what state you live in, after December 31st, uh, the way you purchase ammunition will change. We're here in California, so it will hit us here after December 31st. So January, we got to hurry and get our, our pretty much. now. So January 1st comes, you're going to have to document you purchasing ammunition like when you buy a firearm. Certain counties already do it, but it will be a statewide thing. But if you don't own a gun or don't ever purchase a gun, you may not be familiar. But if you do, you know the process. You could go in there and buy a couple of boxes of, of something some shotgun shells, some nine millimeter, whatever, make your purchase and go home. Now it's going to be, they need to document what you purchased, how much ammunition you're buying, where you bought it from. Yeah. Like you're, they wanted to, to have a running documentation of how frequently you purchase, how much, if you buy it in bulk and much like if, like if two, two firearms in five days in Nevada is a flag over a certain number of rounds is going to start getting flagged. Like if you, I bought 500 rounds today, and then I went and bought a thousand rounds tomorrow. Then I bought another five. Now you're flagged in the system. Yeah. Like they want to know what are you doing with this ammunition, and so that's the beginning. Well, it's not even the beginning. They've already been putting that in place when it comes to purchasing guns. 
But there's on the conspiracy theory side of the game, there are those people who are saying that uh, this is to cement. Like so now when you have an issue like this, this will cement that campaign that has been losing a little bit of of energy going into the end of the year (laughs) because it's starting to meet with resistance about people who want to be able to purchase rounds for whatever reason they want. It, It wasn't ever against the law to own bullets. Like we're not even I'm not even looking to buy a gun. You you getting me for buying rounds and they were meeting a little bit of resistance. But now with that fear safe. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll see. Have we documented how many rounds he purchased? Yeah. Maybe if we'd have flagged him earlier, yeah. we could have prevented this situation. Exactly. Everything is about what we could have prevented. Now, basing it on this situation. So you're going to have tougher gun laws. You're going to only have tougher gun laws. You're going to have tougher uh, laws on just getting the bullets yes <laughs> so all this stuff ties into even a, a big gotta remember tougher gun laws is different than having tougher bullet laws yes yes two different things two different scenarios you don't just get tougher gun laws and then think the bullets fall into that's two different categories yeah and where this is going is because there's a grand scheme picture where a lot of people are starting to worry about the, the taking away your civil liberties so one a good example are uh, registered sex offenders. So all the stuff ties together. So if you ever committed yeah, a crime, be, yeah, yeah, no, no, no I'm, just, I'm, just, just yeah, stay with I me. Stay with me. So if you ever, com- if you ever committed a crime as, as a sex offender, you're registered forever because the premise is is that we need to know where you are. Like we we need to make sure that we can keep tabs of you wherever you move to. There the idea that's starting to get kicked around of being registered for different crimes under the same premise of of public safety hmm. protecting the other people this fear safe thing you know uh the mandatory dna collection mm. get you in the dna database well if you're not committing crimes it, it shouldn't matter yeah. if, if you give your saliva when we arrest you and when we get your fingerprints now we do the swab of your mouth and get everything if you're not if you're not out there doing anything, what difference does it make? Yeah, it's gonna be crazy. You know, putting you in the database early shouldn't matter if you unless you're a criminal. And there's gonna be, and that's why folks gotta start paying attention to this shit. Because this is deep. this is this is the narrative that's moving. The needle is moving about for your public safety. Yeah. We're gonna start curbing your behavior. We're gonna start looking at what you have access to. We're gonna start saying mm, this behavior is we don't like that. We, we, we gonna save you from yourself. Self. Save you from yourself. So now when we think, and that's why I tied it into the Amber Rose thing, we are used to doing this already. Yeah. We're already used to curbing people's behavior and telling them what we believe is socially acceptable. Mm-hmm. How far do you think we are from all those things being socially acceptable? I never thought a day in my life, and this is totally off the subject as well, that I would be paying 10 cents for a bag for my groceries, right? Yeah. Never thought. I never thought a day in my life when I was a young kid that I would have to pay for water. Right? Yeah. Right? As a kid, you just you you're drinking you water. The, you drink with you drink for the hose outside yeah, y'all man, playing as a kid. Water fountains yeah. everywhere, you know what I'm saying? Pour, you know, get the water from, you know, the sink, put it in a jug and you, you get to going. Yeah. And it's become a, a trillion dollar business. So these things that I never thought would happen. And, uh, never in my day uh did I honestly ever think that we would have a joke of a of a millionaire 
become a president. You know what I'm saying? I never a thought reality star. Yeah, have a reality star that you know, a guy that you know was was entertainer pretty much, you know, become the president of the United States. But at the same time, never in my day did I think that we was gonna have a black president as well. You know, so so all these things that are happening, never in my day did I think I would witness in my lifetime two tower two towers falling from allegedly some airplanes hitting them. Yeah. Right? So as this is going on, why not, right? Why not? Why not this be the next thing? Because it's already been uh, flirted with already. Yeah. The DNA thing. It's already been, we've heard that. The chips. In, in, yeah. on our, we've heard these things. And so many of these things, even when you used to dream up or think about technology, like, whoa, damn, it'd be great if computers could do this or uh, video games could do that yeah. and now they're doing it yeah because it was it was written on the wall but it wasn't our time and now it's our time i just see that because of again the temperatures are high in order for something to change there has to be something that is so shocking and all i hear is replaying this is the worst shooting on U.S. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I've heard and that. That's what area. you heard, but it's not true. But yes, it's that's not reality. Yeah, but that's but what's in heard. these times, I've even had some of my soldiers who are supposed to be really with it asking and questioning me because I've kind of I have a different lens of looking at this saying, do I not feel? And of course I feel for the people that lost their lives. I'm not no. I'm not inhuman. I don't. Yeah. I have feelings and emotions, but I do understand that there's a bigger play to this as well, yeah. right? And at the same particular time, had it have been a whole bunch of black folks massacred, not saying that there wasn't any black folks in attendance. Not don't know too many black folks that attended country music festival, but they do are a few. Hey, Darius Rucker was serious in the country. Okay, yeah. I understand they are a few. <laughs> yeah, that's um, me. But what I'm saying, a majority white. No, I, all I I've seen is white victims. No, no, no. I, I know what you're right? saying. Right. Um, no one cares about our anguish. No one cares about our pain. Even in the the shooting of the nine in South Carolina with Dylan Roof. Yeah. Dylan Roof got a burger and got drove without incident to the police station while we talked about the nine folks that got killed killed for two point five seconds. Yeah. I don't even think that we called it an act of terrorism and then or white supremacy. Yeah. And we moved on with our day. So something like this in Vegas. Yeah. Remember where it's at. Vegas. Not in Sandy Hooks. Not in some, you know, Colorado school ain't nobody heard of. But here in Vegas, a, a, a major tourist attraction. Yeah. It resonates like a 9-11. New York. The towers falling down. This right here is going to set so much presidents down the line on what is and what will be with not only the gun law, uh, obtaining uh, the ammunition, and at the same time, how we are now going to even be policed even more in these places that um, you really can't control the level of attendance because there's so many people coming in Come and tourism, in and out, yeah. right? But they're going to have to put some pressure because, again, it also reminds me of the Boston uh, uh, Marathon. The, the bombing. The bombing over there. Yeah. 
There's going to be something that's going to change, and it's going to change. Uh, it might not change quick, but I think the volumes of it changing were already in place. They just needed a major incident like this to be able to implement it a little bit faster. Oh, yeah. Don't be surprised if Stop and Frisk comes to a county near you. Where stop and frisk, frisk was something that was you know notorious for the NYPD, where they can just randomly stop you because it's Tuesday, you know, and see what you're holding. <laughs> <laughs> don't need probable cause. Don't need you don't you don't you don't have to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Just hey, you in the hat. Yeah. <laughs> and you better have ID and a- answer with some clear, concise you know uh, responses. And people will be okay with that. Yeah, because it's. You're um, saving you from yourself. Exactly, and but they're not understanding. So we've already adapted where uh, facial recognition software is in all your social media apps. Shoot, it's in your phones. Yeah, uh, and you've got the new cell phones that you're giving your fingerprints and a retinal scan. Like you, you're, you're, you're giving they it to the it, and they sell it to you like it's such the new great thing. I don't care about that. I don't need to have my face. I don't even want my eyes or stuff to open up my phone. I don't know who the yeah. fuck I'm going to sit there and when they call in, who I'm going to pick it up. I'll just do it regularly how I usually do. Yeah. I don't need and, that much. And under the, 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 the blanket of the Patriot Act, uh, do you remember the uh, the Batman, the newer the newer versions of him, the, the, the Christian Bale Batman? Oh, yeah. The best, some of the best ones. Yeah, where he used the, the cell phones to track down the Joker. Yeah. Yeah. That's real. Oh, so, yeah. Well, for, for some people that don't know, that, that under the Patriot Act is real. Yeah. So in the uh, event of terrorist activity or a real uh, assessed threat, your cell phone, the microphone on it, the camera, uh, the GPS can all be remotely activated and used to ping to track down people to avoid uh, a serious incident or to capture somebody who is deemed to be a very viable threat. Yes. Like these are the things that that we have been these civil liberties, these privileges, because they're not rights. These privileges that have been slowly taken away under the premise of this is for your own good mm-hmm. and I'm saving you from yourself. As these things start to cinch down harder, when you start having to become a, a, a registered felon, mm. not just a felon where it follows you if, when you have to fill out a job application. You have to have to register as a felon. That's gonna be crazy. When when you have to uh, submit DNA mm. and trust that the system uses it correctly, mm. you know uh, that's the thing that they everybody's worried about. Those uh, not to knock this particular company, but like the Ancestry.com. That's what I'm focused. Where you submit your DNA in to track down whatever region that you're from. There's no law that protects the database. From being sent over to the government, and just the simple fact of when you got, um, what is it, Equifax that got hit, yeah, and you know, you things like that always happening. Yeah, once you're in the system, you've now submitted your DNA to a third party system, and you're trusting that they do the right thing with your information. Yeah, you know, uh, and there's a lack of trust right now, totally in America. It is, it is. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, but it's. I mean, when I'm there. We're not strong on the trust no, department right not. now. So it's like when you got a, a a boastful president that talks about going to war and with North Korea, and then you have all these acts of hate, and then folks will talk about we're not going to be divided, and then folks like myself and you who speak truth to power, then they're like, well, you're dividing. How can I divide something that's already been divided? I'm not doing nothing but trying to tell y'all. Well, here are the reasons why, and. 
here are some of the remedies to get it right, but you don't want to listen to the remedy. So in a sense of what we do and how we do it, media likes to sensationalize things and they like they love it. And I why I know that because I've worked and I've done enough interviews, I've done enough uh, um, articles that I've been misquoted. <laughs> I didn't say that. Well, I said this, but they didn't put that yeah. with the media from um, local media to just uh, freelance that I know how they move. They tell me how certain things they can report on or certain things they want to report on or, oh, well, I pitched it to my um, you know manager. He wasn't really feeling it. It's just they call me if they want to get some 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 intense um, radical uh, lingo. They'll hit me up. Okay, but, give me something I can use. Yeah, yeah, but they won't call me when it's time to really be truthful on some things. They'll say they want to, but they don't really want that. So as the media plays the role of creating folks to be scared and in fear and not giving the right proper information because whatever the powers that be aren't giving the right proper information, whatever it is, the outcome of it all is not going to be good. Yeah, there's there's a huge distrust uh, between the uh, public and we'll just call it the system. Whether it be the judicial system, law enforcement system, the government as a whole, if you ask the average American, do you trust? Do you trust a lawyer? Most will say no. no. Do you trust a politician? No. no. Not not no. Put a name to it. Don't put a political party. If you just said in general, do you trust a politician? Hell no. They, they why? Because they 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 lie to get what they want. Why don't you trust a lawyer? Because they lie to get what they want. Like that is the that is the premise that that is amongst this 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 here great nation. And so when you're taught, like I said, through through economics, through advertising, through all that stuff, you're taught base point fear safe. Make somebody afraid and then show that you've got a remedy for what the fear is. They've done that all the time. Like with laws, that's what they constantly do. They have a situation. Law enforcement comes into it. Government comes into it. And when the government's a politician, usually a politician that's running, saying we need to go get this because people are already in fear and they got all these other principles. And then the uh, um, advertising of it. Yeah. <laughs> then here we go. Yep. So now. So the question is not only to, to us, but to to everybody out there. How OK are you really with curbing somebody else's behavior? Because we're, we're really good about shaming people socially. We tell kids the way that they're dressed is inappropriate or wrong. You know, we, we tell dudes what is, quote unquote, manly or not. Man, you ain't, you, you know, butch up some. Do some push ups like you, your behavior, your mannerisms. That's not manly. That's not what men do. Uh, ladies, a, a true lady doesn't dress like that. A classy woman doesn't behave that way. And we try to curb the behaviors of people every day in our society. So is that more? Are we doing it so it's being done to us or do we do it because it's been done to us? Chicken and egg, you know, is. Are, are, are we just is that just how we get down? I think that's just pretty much what society is. I mean, we're always going to try to just curve controls. Something. Yeah. I mean, we're always going to try to cur- cur- um, curve something that we don't know or we're indifferent with. Right. I mean, think about the narratives that is coming out of this story right now. Yeah. Think about it. You know, the focus should be, yes, on those who um, got killed and the victims and how they're going to move on. But we're talking about tighter securities. We're, we're having our 
Facebook investigators or, um, you know, Twitter, uh, you know, FBI agents that are coming out the woodwork and everyone's kind of th- creating their spin on yeah. what happened. So you have that. It creates uh, more of this synergy. And then you have a society that's going to dictate because of one incident, all of these other things in principle because of this incident. From yeah. this incident, this is now what got to happen. So Vegas airports. Oh, hotels. can you imagine that, bro? It's like, so when you, in, in a sense, you want folks to have the the the, uh, uh, the freedom and, and uh, the will to do whatever they, they feel is correct in their life. But yeah. then in the same sense that you can't have people feeling unsafe. You can't have that. Okay, so good question. So, do people need to be saved from themselves? Because we the, the narrative some we've been talking do. about, like like some people do, some people do, some people really do. I honestly do. Some people really do. I, I think that, and I go and say, if I had right guidance besides my father, if I had like my father was already laying foundation and trying to say, hey son, you need to be on this path. Yeah. I had individuals that were all as lost as me directed me somewhere else. Yeah. So let's say for instance, the, the, the group of friends that I hung out with, I chose to hung out, hang out with were all athletes. Like that's what we did. We didn't go straight away to marijuana. We, we, you know, we had some girlfriends, but we wasn't addicted to just going out, partying, drinking yeah. and having a bunch of girls. I would have probably been in a whole different situation. Okay. That, so in the saving sense that I needed saving at that moment, I needed, yeah. A, a, a correlation of, of individuals that were deemed were doing this. And did I have older guys? Yes. But they were just as reckless as I was. And it was, if not more. And I wanted to kind of get the advanced reckless. I was like low-level reckless. I want to be high-level reckless because it all looks High so risk, good. high reward. Oh, yeah. my God. Right? But I who knows that until later in life? Yeah. So when I look at later in life, I believe a lot of these people that we see with our homeless situation that's totally out of control, that... If we don't have things that can help save them, housing, employment, better treatment facilities to figure out whatever is going on, that would get some of these people off the street. We need sometimes a a little bit of saving when we're behind on rent. Like, who do you go to when you ain't got no money to pay some, some rent, but you know the money's coming? Instead of going into a spot where they're going to give you triple the interest when yeah. you borrow some money. Let me borrow this 500 and pay you back 15. Exactly. So <laughs> I feel like in society there, there we do need saving, but let's look at overall and clear society as what it is right now. Currently it's so messed up to where things that we usually would look at like, nah, that ain't cool. Are things that now we celebrate and are winning. You talk about a slut walk for the fact that we're talking about a slut walk. Yeah. A fact that we're talking about women taking a stance. Before it, it got that celebrity uh, push from Amber Rose because you said it has been going on. It's in Tor- it started in Toronto, yeah. I never knew nothing about no goddamn slut walk. I would have never even known. Those things to me are like, okay, yeah. what's the significance of this now? But – when you have the rise of artists, and shouts out to the young girl because she's doing her thing, Cardi B. Hey, she got a bad mouth to her. She's uh, used to be a former stripper, but you know what? The American way is, you know, make something out of nothing. Make uh, anyone uh, can make it in America. Lemonade <laughs> to lemon, Le- lemons to lemonade, right? Anyone can make it. So they say. So she 
has been boosted. But a long time ago, some years back, that would have never happened, right? You yeah. had the little Kims, you had the Foxy Browns that was pushing it. But I don't know if Foxy Brown and Little Kim would have said, "Oh, we're dancers." They would have got elevated, right? Yeah. It was like bosses, to be honest with you. But before, women who was stripping in clubs were like looked at as like, "Oh, you're a whore, you're a slut," yeah. even though they might not have been. Yeah. Like, but that was the perception and reality. So here we are in this place where you're saying. Do we need saving? I say you're goddamn right. Some folks do need saving. And and, and, and that could have been what might have saved 59 folks if there was some type of intervention. But again, if they want to keep on spinning, this white guy was this good, quiet, noble dude. And if they want to continue to spin that there was nobody else, here's a guy we're going to focus on because they don't want to start uh, creating that frantic uh, a state of mind for individuals who still live in Vegas. Yeah. I, I, I don't know where we're going to be putting ourselves in a position. We're waiting for the next thing to happen. Okay. So then is this, this becomes something that the people police, or is this something? And, and why I say that is, is because if left to the government to make all these changes, to, 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 to do all the, 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 the policing and the saving folks from themselves, what that regulation looks like will be the matrix. Oh yeah, for sure. So, is that something that, as a society, are we in any kind of position with the fragmented society we have, all the, the divisions socially, economically, the class systems and, and issues and problems? Are we in even any position to try to say, okay, this is the behavior that we're all going to do, that we don't need laws to change, that we're just going to start acting right? You know what I mean? We're, we're not. It, 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 it goes way, way, way. There's so much bullshit going on right now. And that's a... <laughs> It's chaos. Like we literally have chaos. And where we used to have some type of calm, even if you didn't agree with the politics of it, it seemed like they were doing whatever was best for business. Yeah. And now in our political nature, which is really making people wake up to the reality of like this shit has all been fraud from day one. And I'm happy that they realize that when you when you got a clown as your president. So you're seeking some type of leadership and you're going over there and you're like, wow, damn, we have a clown. Because even though a majority, even George Bush Jr., even though he was a big clown, he had a he didn't say off top thing. He would say some dumb shit. He trusted the process. He he used the advisors and the cabinet. Oh, man. You could tell the difference of when he says some off-the-cuff shit versus when he he kept it in the pocket. Oh. He was like Peyton Manning. He just trusted his his protection. He stayed in the pocket. And all them them folks around him made him look much better than than he was. With this guy, you know, he's getting heat from people in Puerto Rico. He talks crazy about the mayor. Throwing the, the and then he goes in there paper towels and he, and maybe if it wasn't all the stuff leading up to it that we'd look at it different because I don't really see it that being that much of a big deal but it is because of all of the stuff that preceded it from uh, the kneeling incident from the uh, you know talking bad about the mayor and the people from still with this border thing from uh, uh, the ban. From uh, you know the dreamers thing, and then here you are 
pompous, arrogant, rich white guy coming in like you're the savior and you're shooting up paper towels as if you're playing basketball yeah. and you're Larry Bird. Yeah, if you haven't seen it yet, because some people might not have seen the footage, he, he finally made his trip to Puerto Rico. To Off a, the wall. To, and, and in case you're not aware of this too, Puerto Rico is part of the United States. U.S. territory. So so just just because there's a lot of people who are like, well, that's them and they should take care of themselves. No, they're a part of the, of the and that, United because, States. You know, and, that's, <laughs> and again, that's the ignorance of what our society is. So in, in some rationale, I get that this tragedy in Vegas is, is what it is. Yeah. But I'm not going to all of a sudden soak myself into this shit when – a majority of Americans don't care about nothing else, like you just said. Exactly. They don't even know that Puerto Rico is one of our U.S. territories. Basically, that is a, a it's the East much, Coast Hawaii. Exactly. Yeah, like it's <laughs> so it's all a part of the 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 regime. Go yeah, ahead. well, but because I've heard that too. Well, why are we responsible for taking care of them? They should take care of themselves. That's like saying Kansas should take care of itself. Yeah. Or, or Oregon should take care of itself. Yeah. It, 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 they're, they're, they're one of us. And you got a bunch of people who are sitting underwater, who are drowning, who are dehydrated, who are sick, who are hurt. And the president goes over there and he's throwing individual, like single thing, bounty, you know, one roll, paper towels. He's just shooting free throws into a crowd of people indiscriminately talking about I'm dropping off supplies. Like just thinking it's cute thinking it's funny to a gr bunch of people who are, who it's fourth and long like people who hadn't been getting fresh water in days who are resulting to drinking water willing like willing to risk it all on some water that they know is not good for them because but they'll deal with the bacteria and the sickness as opposed to dying of dehydration yeah. like w that's fourth and long like that that's when you you're looking at the urine that you you know peed into a container and you like if I close my eyes, it's warm beer. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's fourth and long. I wonder how fast the president would have got there if Vegas didn't happen. Or do you think he was already planning on going out there? I don't think that, uh, if anything, you think he would have been there quicker? No, I'm or? just thinking, like, it's just, it seems like he's going to go to, he's going to go to, you know, Vegas and uh, on tomorrow, Wednesday. By the time this podcast comes on, he had been, went to Vegas, um, He's in Puerto Rico. The thing happened in Vegas. What? It happened on Sunday, Sunday night. So was he even planning on getting to Puerto Rico? Was that like a plan since we haven't really heard anything? I think what it is is he waits until similar to Houston. Like, let me let the storm happen first. Let, 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 let's we're not particularly talking about the storm that hits, but the, the other. Storm. Let's let the wave go through because I don't want to get out there. While people are in the middle of something, hitting me with all this question, let's let that first wave go through. Let's let it start to subside and let's our people start to recover a little bit. Then let me show up when because I'm, I'm gonna be the, I'm gonna be there after the last everything shows because he wasn't coming to Puerto Rico before the planes left because they were having those issues with all these supplies still yeah. stuck at the docks. There was no way he was touching down in Puerto Rico before those shipments started moving yeah. because the last thing he's gonna do is show up empty-handed. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's just, that's just so, so he is. He was not moving nowhere until all that stuff made his way over. It's, it's just um, overall everything. Living in a society, um, living in these times that you think we went past and we got past. When you're getting up, you're getting older. You're thinking, oh God, that stuff only happens over there. It happens in foreign lands because you see it all the time. Yeah. And looking at 
race the way it is. Nah, we've moved past that. You know, the dream speech and all these other different things. And now in this moment where we're really looking at this in a scope with we understand the lies, Facebook admitting to um, having these uh, what we're selling three thousand ads to Ru- to, to Russia to, to put up their ads to during the course ads, of the right? election, yeah, and uh, have disparaging marks and and, and uh, ads that they did for against Black Lives Matters or just black activists, you know, and I would fall into that part as well. Just hearing those things and trying to figure out well, why did he come out and tell the truth? The 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 um the CEO, the founder of it, like what pushed him to tell the truth? What yeah. what uh what do they have on him? For him to come in and that being a new story, but then here comes this Vegas thing, and now we're not even talking about that. 500 million people are on Facebook, that, that, that's that's a, that's a lot of influence, that's very much so. And so, when you start looking at these types of things, like there's a bunch of different stuff that's happening in this world, and left, right, and left again. I always say, Beware of the Kansas City Shuffle, where they make you look left while they're going right. Yeah. And one of the, the, the easiest ways to get people to comply is to tell them that they're, you're doing this for their own good. Yes. That I'm trying to save you from yourself. That don't worry about it. Don't think about it. I'm going to think for you. Don't do this. I'm going to do for you. Don't worry. I'm going to worry for you. But in a sense of being there, and, I, and as I, we, you asked me the question, do people need saving? I really do believe a lot of us do need saving. But the reality is, tell the truth on why we have to do it, yeah. compared to telling us a lie, right? Yeah. And and, and that's the, always been the issue of when they've come to save us. The three strike law was supposed to save us from these guys that got out of prison and were felons, and you know they could maybe possibly do another who crime did, again. But who did it hurt? It affected affected black folks. You know what I mean? You show the white image of this guy that kidnapped this white girl, and oh my God! But the Negroes paid the, the the heaviest penalty for that. So, yes, there's some folks that need saving, but let's be correct on how we are dealing with that and how do we uh, you know, manage that, not allowing folks to fall under underneath the fucking uh, uh, you know door and be used and abused by a system. That we know is designed and created to oppress folks. So I, that is my, my take on that. But it's a lot of stuff going on, man, that uh, it needs to be addressed. And you definitely need to say something on it. Yes, because these things are, are, are definitely important. And as we look at all these different things going on in life, as you're working about whatever is going on in your struggle, the stuff that you're worried about, people who are doing something for your own good. Uh, where the source comes from is always important to remember. What's their track record? And when somebody uh, typically present you with something that sounds too good to be true. I can make all your problems go away. I can make all these problems never happen again. I can make all the, I got all the, the magical solutions, the amazing carpet cleaner that can take out any stain that's ever on, uh, that you ever spill. Uh, typically when people try to present you something that's too good to be true, usually it's because it is. So when these things that are going on out here in the world, these things that are, that are plaguing us, these things that are perplexing us, these things that we just worry about or you know, when we tuck our kids in extra tight because we're fearful of what tomorrow may bring them, they don't go away if we don't address them, that if we don't work to fix them, and that all begins by saying something. Well, definitely. I'm Jermaine Morris with Mr. Barry Axis. Where can folks find you online, sir? Barry Axis Facebook, Barry Axis Twitter, um, Instagram at Team Voy, and BlackBlueprints.com with a Z.
I'm Jermaine Morris on Facebook, at Jay Morris on every other social media platform. You can also hear this podcast on SoundCloud.com as well as on iTunes. Uh, there's the uh, Twitter for the for the podcast that's at We Say Something, and the email is Say Something Podcast at Gmail. If you haven't got enough of hearing our voices, you get to see our faces this week, uh, this Friday night uh, at uh, 11 p.m. on uh, accesssacramento.org or uh, channel 18 if you're on uh, any of the cables that for the greater Sacramento region. Myself and Barry will be on the show searching for more. Little shout out to the brothers over there, to uh, Jamie and the Hesu. They invited us back. We'll be talking about other stuff going on out here in the life in the streets, and you, you get to see our darling faces. Yes, sir. I'm Jermaine Morris with Barry Axius. This is the Say Something Podcast. Peace, family. And until next show, we'll holler at you later. Yes, sir.